You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Inside the Fox 59 CBS4 Podcast Conference Room, welcome to another Colts Blue Zone Podcast. Alongside Joe Hopkins and Mike Chappell, I'm Dave Griffiths. Our off-season chatter continues with a, uh, in a rather important position uh, on any NFL team, and certainly one that the Colts are dealing with uh, in some manner, form or fashion, this offseason at the quarterback. We'll give our thoughts on the NFL Honors Ceremony, the Super Bowl, Colts being passed over for some awards, but we will start with Super Bowl 56 and uh, a Rams victory over the Cincinnati Bengals. I thought it was a really great finish. It was a, certainly a defensive battle, more so than everybody thought it was going to be. Um, the Rams did get to Joe Burrow, as we all thought they would. Uh, really, the Bengals did fairly well, I thought, against the Rams for a long time, too. And then finally, one final drive, they just kept force-feeding chap Cooper Cup. And you learned, if you didn't know already, the value of having an all-world receiver there. And I thought the, the remarkable stat that I think that I just heard this week was about um, Cooper Cup being Super Bowl MVP, NFL Offensive Player of the Year, and a Triple Crown winner as a receiver. The only other receiver to do that in his career was Jerry Rice. Cooper Cup did it in one season. I think that was that was the ultimate tell about how valuable he was to the team. Of course, Matthew Stafford, his no-look throw has been making the rounds on social media that he made to Cup there over the middle of the game. The mound, no 20, 25 yards on a must must move the ball down. So I, I, I thought it was an incredibly uh, entertaining fourth quarter, especially. And the game as a whole, I loved it too. The, the halftime show was right in my wheelhouse. So um, just, just what were your thoughts, chap, from uh, watching the Super Bowl this past weekend? The halftime show, I was <laughs> – because I'm – uh-huh. I, I'm the old white guy of get, getting off are. my lawn, uh-huh. <laughs> but 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 I thought what 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 it showed what it showed us is you got to have a quarterback. Mm-hmm. You've got to have a quarterback, and those were two top level quarterbacks. And then two, you have to affect the quarterback. Second half, Joe Burrow had little chance. What was it? He had, was it seven sacks? Eight sacks? Seven sacks? I think it was. I think it was seven. I think they tied a Super Bowl record. Yeah, with seven and, sacks. And, he, and he and what we saw is he almost blew out his knee on one of them. So they, they've it, – it's funny how the, the talk before the Super Bowl was that, boy, of course you take Jamar Chase over the left tackle. And now you're thinking, really, do you? So we'll see. We'll see. But it, it, it kind of gives you pause when you've got to have that quarterback. i tell you one stat, that two stats jumped out at me. Cooper Cup's season, was it 178 receptions? I for think 20, so. Yeah, 2,400 yards? yards. That, that's That's ridiculous. And then the stat that blew me away. This was from CBS or ESPN somebody. The last 16 quarterbacks to lose their Super Bowl debut never made it back. Really? Never made it back. I saw that today, too. Yeah, I was going so through So you're thinking, really? Uh, you know, think of you know the Dan Marinos. I think this doesn't include him. But, you know, sometimes when it's a young player, you think, well, you know, it's too bad. Yeah, but you got a long career, and you'll get back mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Nothing's n- nothing's granted to you or, or guaranteed I'm, for you. I'm just thinking of recent guys, and you think of like Colin Kaepernick is is one of those, and his first Super Bowl never got back. Um, Cam Newton there was, was another one. one. Cam Newton was Garoppolo. one. Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't gotten back. Yeah, all those guys. Now Joe Burrow is, I guess, in that scenario. So, and, and then on top of that, you've got the thing where how hard it is for the, the losing team to get back to the Super Bowl mm-hmm. for whatever reason. And let's keep in mind they were ten and seven. The Bengals. It's not like they were, you know, steamrolling people. 
So they've got work to do, and it's it's kind of crazy. It did remind me of of Kansas City the year before, how Mahomes simply could not play the position because he was just under siege the whole game. And that's how the second half was with Burrow. So great story, great young team, quality, quality uh, uh, skill players on offense. Joe Mixon's a stud. Mm-hmm. Now, why he wasn't in on the one key play, I you know, he wasn't a third down back or whatever, okay, still. So, but but I thought it was entertaining until, you know, the the, the Rams and in, in their pass rush took over. But uh, it's it's amazing how quickly one season ends, and you move on. Joe, good Super Bowl from your perspective as well. Yeah, I liked it. The one thing that was kind of iffy was, you know, they they let him play all game until the very end, where which I get it was a makeup call for the long touchdown where the T uh, Higgins, Higgins ripping Jalen Ramsey's face, face mask. mask, and the refs said it didn't it didn't rise to the level of you know affecting the play. Garbage, really garbage. Yeah, well, that that just felt like a makeup call on the Rams' final drive. I think it was a third down. They called the flag yep. on the linebacker Wilson, to which they hadn't been calling that all game long. You're not wrong there, completely. Um, so I thought that was a little iffy, but uh, at the end of the day, the Bengals still had a chance with plenty of time left to go down the field and score, and they couldn't get it get get it done. So mm-hmm. uh, happy for Matthew Stafford, a guy who suffered in Detroit for a long time. Good for him. Glad to see him get a ring, and it's going to be really interesting if Sean McVay and uh, Aaron Donald end up just retiring just after that. Sail off into the sunset. That's right. Sean McVay, 36 years old, just retired just like that. Right. that I, I wish I wish that was my um, career plan. but Right? You know, I'd be done now. <laughs> you know, and also with Aaron Donald, what, what a great, great player. Mm-hmm. But the way we are with, with, in, in the media nowadays, the greatest defensive player ever. Lawrence Taylor says, "Hold on a second. Well, Reggie White's Reggie White his, says, hold his, on his a hands second. up as, as well. Twenty-one sacks it was in a twelve-game strike-shortened season. Reggie it, it, White. It's just amazing how the overreaction. And, I, and I'm not d- diminishing Aaron Donald at all, but Reggie White and Lawrence Taylor and holy smokes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Anyway, fun Super Bowl. Let's get to the Colts, who were sitting at home like the rest of us." Uh, some coaching updates. Gus Bradley has added a few uh, guys to his defensive staff. Defensive backs coach uh, Rob Milas, linebackers coach Richard Smith. Both of them worked with Bradley in Los Angeles and Las Vegas. And also Colts senior offensive assistant Press Taylor will reportedly be the offensive coordinator for the Jacksonville Jaguars under Doug Peterson down there. Um, Taylor's been a guy who is like his name kind of popped up here and there over the past couple years. Uh, with, uh, I guess, Sirianni going places and uh, just with, with Colts coaches moving around. He's been kind of a guy that's been that's been in want, so to say, so to speak. So um, so the Jaguars got him. We'll see if he can do anything uh, down there. But uh, with no Syracuse University connections, I still just am not sure if, uh, if he can get the job done in, J- in Jacksonville, guys. Uh, I mean, you, you need them, as I mentioned last week on this podcast. So well, He's going down there with D- Doug Peterson, and he was with Peterson, wasn't he? In, in Philly. In Philly. Yes. So yes, he was. It's, normally, you can connect dots. Exactly. And, and that's the way it works is, you know, is, is like with, with Gus Bradley bringing people in that he knows. You, you're mm-hmm. always going to bring uh, Matt Eberflus taking half of his staff mm-hmm. to Chicago. That's the way NFL works. Mm-hmm. That's that is that's the way it goes. You bring people you're comfortable with, guys that know your system, guys who you know what they're going to teach the players, and then you hope that the players execute is what it comes down to. You like you trust your system. That's why these guys are coaches because they have a lot of faith in themselves and what they believe in, and they are great schemes. All of them are when players execute them properly. So anyway, uh, NFL honors from this past week: no Hall of Fame from Reggie Wayne. Uh, the class of 2022 lists as Tony Baselli. 
Leroy Butler, Sam Mills, Richard Seymour, and Bryant Young. And then the uh, the Veterans Committee or the, uh, the, uh, the the additional selections include Cliff Branch, Ark McNally, and Dick Vermeil. Uh, Chap, you were the one who was in the room as the discussion for Reggie Wayne uh, was was up. From this class, for Reggie to not get in, uh, what can you tell us about the discussion that you had, your thoughts on this class, and uh, h- how it all went down this year? Yeah, when you look at this class, I, I, I really thought, e- even now seeing it, this was a great chance for Reggie to get in. You didn't have the the, the no-doubt first ballot guy. I thought DeMarc Swear should have gotten in as a first ballot guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he checked so many boxes. And, the, again, the way it works is 15 guys, and we get, give a presentation. Each local guy from the local market talks about the guy for five minutes, and there's a debate. And early on, it was I really was feeling good about Reggie. There was a one of the selectors always does a survey of, like, 300 NFL types, GMs, coaches, and scouts, and they rank the, the, the Hall of Famers. And Reggie was third behind DeMarcus Ware and Tony Baselli. So I thought, hey, okay, that's, that's pretty that's good. feeling good, yeah. Uh, and, and then it, the longer it went, somebody, which really rankled me, is after giving all this, somebody mentioned, well, he said, boy, you look at Andre Johnson, and he just looks like a Hall of Famer. Because, what, he's 6'4", 230, 240. I'm thinking – so now swimsuit competition is, is what is what we're talking about. So I, I really thought this was the year. What we had to keep in mind, though, and, and I should know more than anyone, is it takes time. It took Marvin three years, which remains criminal. Mm-hmm. It just does. It took Edgerin six years. Six years. And I remember talking to Edgerin last year or whenever it was when he got in. I guess it was two years ago when he officially got in. And I said, you know, didn't you hate waiting? And said, yeah, you do. He said, but once you're in, you're in. That you know, they, they, it, it doesn't say on your bust, Hall of Famer had to wait X number of years. And one thing that really hurt Reggie this year, too, is that a couple of these guys have been waiting a long time. Baselli, a long time. Sam Mills, great player. I, I, I was not in favor of him making the advancement, but... This was his last year. This was his last year, right? and, and if he doesn't make it in his twentieth year, he goes into the senior pool, and by and large, you just never come out of there. Yeah, I hate to use the word never, but it's really hard. So there was so much sentiment as we've got to get him in to keep him from going into the senior pool, and I understand that. But then once again, you're telling Reggie you have to wait. And the last thing I'll say about it is that there's always been this 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 unwritten wait your turn thing. Marvin had to, he had to wait for Andre Reed and then Tim Brown. And Torrey Holt's been waiting seven or eight years, Reggie three. And Andre Johnson was the first bat was a first time guy. And it's, it's sort of rare when a first time guy jumps the line, unless he's just Calvin Johnson, right? A perfect Calvin example Johnson. from last year. And again, I wasn't totally on board with Calvin Johnson being a first ballot guy. But boy, when he played, he was he was good. Mm-hmm. He, he was beyond good. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that it, it neither Reggie nor Tory Holt advanced from the ten or from the fifteen to ten. He was eliminated early. Andre Johnson did make the the cut to ten. So I it, that bothered me. It it did because 
I, I can argue as strong for Reggie as, as for the other two guys. And so, you know, maybe next year. Joe, this class, I don't think you can say, you can look at these guys who, who made the cut and, and say that they're undeserving guys, they're, that they're not good football players because they're, they're all exceptional football players for their times, especially. Um, but I, I know there's a lot of Colts fans who are certainly uh, upset, and I'm, I'm thankful, Chap, for, for your analysis and kind of breaking it down on, on how it happens. But that, that, that probably won't, uh, won't uh, completely mitigate the sting for some people in this town and who listen to this podcast who, who know that Reggie Wayne is a Hall of Famer who is just as who, and they think, will surely be more deserving than some of these guys who are on this list. Yeah, I, I mean, no disrespect to any of these guys, but casually, casual fans just looking at at this are going to go, Reggie Wayne got passed over for who? who you know, for, for, for these kind of players? And I'm just going to say it's a pretty boring list. There aren't, you know, how many players are out there, fans out there are still rocking these guys' jerseys? It can't be a whole lot, I have to say. You go to a Colts game and you still run into some uh, Reggie Wayne jerseys, some Edron James jerseys. Um, and I know that shouldn't be the end-all, say-all for Hall of Fame voting. That's just part of it. But from the fans' perspective... You look at this and say Reggie got passed over for a bunch of guys that I, I think the average fan would not recognize. And, and one thing, and someone sent us te- uh, a comment to me when I posted stuff on Twitter, how in the world do you take Cliff Branch over Reggie Wayne? <laughs> well, they didn't. That's, Cliff, that's people not knowing. Right, yes. Cliff Branch was, was a senior candidate. Right. So, so totally separate, but uh, still don't agree with the list. But that's you know, that's what we have 49 guys, 49 people, because there's some – it's a wide range of people, right? So you're you're not going to agree on everybody, and there's still some guys in that I still don't agree with from previous years. But that that's why you have all these opinions, and that's why you vote. It takes once we get to the five guys, it takes eighty percent to get these guys in. Mm-hmm. So it's one where you just sort of say, well, I don't agree, but I will agree moving forward. This is who we've got, and we'll try better next year. I, I don't know who who the like the the star of this class is who's going to be like the last person to give a speech. You know, obviously last year it was Peyton Manning. You knew that he was going to be the final person up there on that stage. He was going to talk and uh, he was the person that, that the typical NFL fan was expecting to be, be the star of the class. I, I don't know who it is Dick here. Vermeil. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Like, but I, here's what Dick you, Vermeil. You need, you need to hold him at the end. Cause when he starts crying, <laughs> it's going to take a while. It, 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 he's going to cry the entire time. Correct. Let, let's be very direct. Like I, I saw someone posted like, how many times do you think Dick Vermeil cries over under? Is it like 3.5 in his speech? I said, no, it's under it's one. It's going to be start to finish. He's there won't, not there stop. won't be. And then he cried again. No, it's going to be, he cried. Yes. The entire time, <laughs> which, which is part of his, his appeal, appeal right. and his charm. And uh, I'm 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 certainly happy for Dick Vermeil to to get uh, this very much deserved spot. Brought the Eagles to the Super Bowl back in the '80s, and then won the Super Bowl with the Rams. They are the greatest show on turf uh, in uh, in the year 2000. So, um, so yeah, that's that's our Hall of Fame chat, and we'll we'll do it all again next year for for Reggie Wayne and, uh, and Dwight Franey is the first year eligible first year next year, and then Robert Mathis second Mathis year. We back second year, so. Yep, all those guys. We'll, we'll see exactly what, what comes of it. Um, our uh, further NFL honors, uh, Aaron Rodgers wins MVP, uh, Cooper Cup Player of the Year, uh, TJ Watt, Defensive Player of the Year, Jamar Chase, Rookie of the Year, uh, Micah Parsons, Defensive Rookie of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, Joe Burrow, Coach of the Year, Mike Vrabel. All of those, we, we, we hit the nail on the head uh, for all these guys. It was, uh, it was pretty cut and dry uh, for all these choices, even if uh, Jonathan Taylor 
we thought probably deserved. I was stunned that he just didn't get more votes. I mean, you look Agreed. at what Cooper Cup did; it was exceptional. And I'm not well, taking wasn't the voting like 35 to 10? Yeah, it, it was, was. It was crazy. It was very much slanted in, in Cooper Cup's favor. And, yeah, uh, and, Jonathan I mean, get a lot of love after going through the playoffs. I think it's pretty obvious why. But this was the vote was held before, before the playoffs correct, hit. Yeah. So I I'm also kind of surprised that Cooper Cup had you know that much more. Voting because, like I said, Taylor had more yards and touchdowns than Cooper Cup did. So um, I'm co- confused why that one wasn't closer. Our offseason chat continues for the Colts and our positional breakdowns. We've done pass catchers last week, we've done uh, the pass rush and defensive ends before that. Uh, this week, we are getting to quarterbacks. And it's an apt week to do so, as on Super Bowl morning, uh, ESPN's Chris Mortensen. Uh, had a slight nugget that he threw out there on the Super Bowl pregame show saying that Carson Wentz will probably, quote, probably be traded or released by March 18th when more of his guaranteed money in his contract hits. And another quote from him, quote, it looks bleak, end quote, with his situation in Indianapolis. Uh, Chap, I know that you filed a story uh, later that afternoon kind of uh, detailing uh, your discussions and uh, with uh, Colt sources, NFL sources about the matter. You said that uh, no decision has been made either way about Carson Wentz's future. Uh, so this is something that, that we're going to talk about for the next month, I think. And there might be a nicks and knacks coming out here and there from different reporters. But uh, this is this is uh, this is what Colts Colts fans life is going to be, I think, until March 18th to see exactly what happens in the situation. When in doubt, you talk about the quarterback. Yeah, and in this situation, it, it's going to drive the train. It will because it's 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 the most influential position. And as we talked about in the Super Bowl, if you don't have one, it's hard to get there. It's virtually I don't want to say impossible. So th- this is this is going to kind of drive the, the discussion. The decision can be made tomorrow. It can be made in a week. It can't be finalized until. March six March sixteenth is the start of the new league year. Yeah, it's just, I, I've written a couple times the fifteenth. It's the sixteenth that's the start of the new league year. They can't cut him today because when you do everything accelerates now, and they don't have the cap space to eat what they would have to eat. And so at on the sixteenth, if they're going to cut him, they'll cut him. You have to do it before the nineteenth because another seven million dollars is due. Mm-hmm. He's going to get seventeen or fifteen million regardless. Where, whether he's here or wherever, that's guaranteed. But they've got to do something uh, b- before that next $7 million is due. And I just – if I was talking with someone driving in today, and if you put a gun to my head and I had to bet two months of mortgage, I say he's gone because they've given you no reason to say that he won't be. They, they've, they've given you nothing to, to, to show confidence in him moving forward. Uh, but at the same time, I posted something just shortly ago, and it's easy to cut guys. You can cut anybody anytime. But then, oh, by the way, who's going who's to replace him? So, and we'll get into this. It, it was a perfect storm in 1998, and Peyton Manning was there. And in 2012, Andrew Luck was there. Well, now, What? There's, there are no good, viable options if you decide to walk away from Carson Wentz. There is no perfect storm. You're right. And this is, it, no, it's, it's a perfect storm against you. Exactly. Even better, or even worse, as the case may be. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't want to get too lost in the numbers, Joe, but essentially the Colts, in his contract, Carson Wentz is due $28 million this year. But if they cut him before March 18th, 19th, 
they can essentially save thirteen million of that. They have to give him fifteen million anyway, or that's that, dead that was cap against. Yes, that's exactly that's part of his contract, right? So, so they could they they either get Carson Wentz and pay him twenty eight million, or they lose Carson Wentz, pay him fifteen million, and then they have thirteen million otherwise uh, to to spend kind or, of elsewhere if they or, want. Or to. you, or if the, the the least likely, you trade him. Right, and, and then, then you're good, and then you hey, you're walked away. You're just kind of saying, aren't we? Uh, you know, right. That was a bad year, but we walk away. Depending on the negotiations, maybe the team taking him says you have to pay five That's mil or Correct. something like Correct. that. Because at this point, his trade value is going to be so low, even if, with if this we report just wait, out. You're gonna cut him. Yeah, exactly. What's the point of trading him unless they think there's going to be a competitive market and they just want to go ahead and scoop him up? I, I was listening to uh, Colin Cowherd. And it, what's really too. what's what's really funny is the national media, and I can understand that it, it, you know, this guy had twenty seven touchdowns, seven interceptions, and a ninety four rating, which was thirteenth in the league. How in the world can you think about moving on? And that was his point. He said, "Boy, if they're going to do that, isn't Pittsburgh in line? And who who else was it? Was it Tampa or somebody? I think he said Denver. Maybe Denver. How are these teams just not lined up?" Do a little more research in, into the kind of season. And again, let, let's not say that, that, that Carson Wentz had a, a 2020 Carson Wentz season here. It wasn't that bad. But to, to say that 27 and 7, how do you get rid of him? Look a little bit deeper about the 6.9 yards per attempt and in a 63% completion percentage. And over the last eight games, 170 yards a game, it, he wasn't good enough. And this all this all wasn't Carson Wentz. How about the defense makes a stop or three, you know, stop a two point conversion against the Ravens? Just a two point conversion, and and Tampa and and the Raiders and, and the the Tennessee game. So, but when it's the quarterback, you've you've got to be right. And if you're not right, here's where you are. Other Colts quarterbacks under contract right now are Sam Ellinger for three more years. Ellinger a sixth-round pick in the, the draft, and James Morgan, who's assigned to a reserve future contract, was a fourth-round pick of the Jets back in 2020, has never played a snap in the NFL. Uh, you, you would think, you would think that neither of those guys would be the opening day starter next year. You would think if the Colts move on from Carson Wentz. They have the 47th overall pick, the Colts do, that is in the second round, uh, in what is regarded, I guess, as a not a strong quarterback draft this year, or at least a quarterback draft where there's a lot of discussion or a lot of debate as to who the top guy would be and to exactly what the value of that guy will be. I mean, we, we've seen in the past, Joe, a guy like Daniel Jones wasn't viewed highly by everybody, but the Giants viewed him very highly. And they took him, exactly. They took him in the top five. So that could be the case with any of these quarterbacks this year. Yeah, the quarterbacks are still going to go high. It's just most pundits and analysts, draft analysts I've seen have said, none of these quarterbacks in the draft would go above the top five or six from last year. So compared to other years, um, there doesn't seem to be that talent. But quarterback-needed teams are still going to draft them high because, I mean, as we see with the Colts, when your options are limited, you do the best you can. And if you're going in the free agent pool, here's what it looks like. If you were really so desperate to move on from Carson Wentz, here's what you've got sitting uh, in your face. So here we go. Jameis Winston. Last year played for the New Orleans Saints. He'll be 28 years old at the start of next year. In six and a half games last year, he threw 14 touchdowns and just three interceptions, which, pause for a second, is really good. 
especially for a guy like Jameis, who before last year... Did he throw five in one game, though? I Did he? Four or five in one game. Oh, yeah, for the Saints, so the three is yeah. not right? No, no, no. Touchdowns. Oh, touchdowns. He's, okay. He, he uh, had that one monster game. He did, yeah. yes. And yes. It, so, But I, I see that Joe's the got stats. the word no. Or, uh, no you've got <laughs> New Orleans. I, I thought that N-O was no. Oh. Ah. <laughs> Don't consider that. Mm-hmm. But but the, you're starting here, and, and this is one of the better options. Exactly. That, that's 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 the point, kind of, right now. And as someone who worked in Tallahassee when Jameis was down there, I saw the best of Jameis Winston. He came on as a redshirt freshman, led them to a national championship, and he was exceptional. But I, I'm, the point I was going to make with his when he only had three interceptions, I think the the consensus thought about Winston leaving Tampa Bay was he was kind of like Wentz was last year, a turnover-prone, broken quarterback. 30-30. Yeah, but I, I, I maintain that Bruce Arians was the absolute worst quarterback coach to, to work with Jameis Winston, the worst, because their flaws both are, like, they, they have the same flaws. They're both grip it and rip it. No risk, no biscuit. Yes, exactly. And and when you put Jameis with him, there was just no, there was no, there were no consequences for those for for that action. That's, and, like, that's like putting a gambler in as a dealer. Yes, in Las Vegas. Yes, completely. And like I, I don't want to I don't want to trash Arians at all. I think he's a tremendous coach. He's a Super Bowl winning coach. He did amazing things with Andrew Luck back here in his rookie year, and then with other quarterbacks along the line. But my my point is that they're just their their weaknesses lined up and. And so Jameis needs more structure. He needs more of a regimented coaching staff and system. So if you go to a place like he had in New Orleans, he showed that he can be more of a regimented, structured quarterback and not throw 30 interceptions in a season. So Jameis Winston there, he did tear his ACL in late October, though, Joe, and the uh, pro football focus contract projection is only one year, $7 million. So it's not like there can be a long list of suitors looking for Jameis Winston services to be your starting quarterback next year. No, no, I don't think so. And I think the ACL has a lot to do with it based on the fact that if you bring him to a new team, he's not going to be able to get in there right away, um, you know, get acclimated to his surroundings, his new weapons and things like that. And, I mean, to be honest, I personally don't see Jameis as much of an upgrade, at least on the field, as Carson Wentz. Does, I'll go ahead and ask you guys, this Carson Wentz thing, does it, it feels kind of personal to me between Carson Wentz and either Jim Irsay or somebody on that team because I feel like if it wasn't personal, they might be giving him another year. Either that or they have some underlying plan that will unfold as time goes on. There, there cannot be a plan. <laughs> we we can't be blind to all these options. Mm-hmm. Is it personal? I don't know. That that's I, no one's ever going to say that. Although as as we may have talked about it, we we will. Is if they move on from Wentz without having Plan B in their mind, it'll tell you all you need to know that, that their approach is anybody but him. And that's no, that's no way to grow a franchise. No. And and I'll, my my response to that is if it's if there's a personal problem with Carson Wentz it's not Frank Reich we can all throw that out there right now it's not Frank Reich and from the discussions that I've had with Chris Ballard and the discussions I think all of us have had just in the media now this isn't even one-on-one this is just sitting in front of him and talking to him he seems like a straightforward guy he doesn't always tell you everything you want but he's he's never really seemed to be one to pull the wool over our eyes I don't think he wants to move on from Carson Wentz because he says himself, 
I'm tired. Like he can't. He can't do the band aids anymore. He's sick and tired of the band aids. He's sick and tired of going and from one quarterback on to the next. Exactly, and it will. Because it's, we'll get to this later. You're not bringing in an Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson. Like I said, we'll get to that later. I'm Damn. sorry, Joe. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. But they, it, this, and that's exactly what it would be. So I, I think for, from his perspective and the perspective of building a franchise and building a team, that, that this is something that sets you back, going from Carson Wentz to somebody else. To a fifth starter to, in five years. Exactly. Like, there's no consistency. There's nothing to build around. There's no possibility for growth. Even if you didn't like things that Carson Wentz did last year, which is completely legitimate, like you've already mentioned, Chap, the last eight games, the fall off from the first nine games of the year. It wasn't all him, but he was... Yes. He was like, I, 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 I don't feel like I need to get into that anymore. Right. Like my, my, my thoughts on this, because I've shared them many times, so I, I, I just let, I let you say it and I let it be. But they, you, you can't take, like I said, there, there's no possibility for growth, for improvement, for one year to the next, for, for looking at the film, for saying this needs to improve, and then going out and then seeing if it happens. Like, I, I'm not guaranteeing, guaranteeing that it will get better, but I can guarantee how it won't get better it, it, is if you just cut bait and then start fresh again. And then you have just a completely new new set of system, new set of rules, new guy, new new relationships to build. And you're starting from square one uh, yet again. And for Carson, at least you're on square, I don't know, six or seven. I don't know exactly what that goes up to. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're, you're just you're not back at the beginning again. And and Chris Ballard has to be sick of trying to start back at the beginning again, first with. Uh, with Andrew Luck retiring and then trying to figure out what happens after that. Getting Philip Rivers, hoping that he's there for two years. Nope, he's only going to be there for one. And then making the trade for Carson Wentz, which he said he felt good about at the time, and he still a maintains. Lot us, a lot of us did. Felt good about it at the time, and I, I felt great about it at the time. I felt good about it till like, November December, really, like halfway through the year, we were like the Carson Wentz trade was. A I'm telling you, I still feel great about it, but that's all I'm going <laughs> to say about the matter. Still feel great about it. I can say it's, it's you've got the, the two arguments are yes, another off season, and a, you know he had no training camp. He mm -hmm. had no training camp, and he had a little off season because of, of the way the, the the league and the players' association cut things down. So the argument is, listen, an off season and training camp. He will get better. He will. Or the other the other extreme is, no, he won't, and don't compound last year's mistake with another mistake. Move on. Even if you're moving on with someone who, at best, will be a lateral move. And, and I don't see a lateral move on here. Let's go down to the next possible move. Then. Let, let's, keep, let's keep her moving. Let's keep her going. Yeah. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater uh, played with Denver last year. He'll be 29 years old by the start of next season. In 15 games, he threw 18 touchdown passes and seven interceptions, completed about 67% of his passes, averaging 211 passing yards per game, missed the final two, years of the, two games of the season rather, uh, after a concussion in Week 15. Maybe two years, $20 million, says pro football focus, but Teddy Bridgewater is not a clear and obvious, if at all, improvement from Carson Wentz, like you're saying, chap. Like you, you don't just obviously see. Oh yeah, definitely. That's that's someone that could could certainly take you. I wish there was somewhere on this list I could say, yeah, that that's definitely an upgrade. Because and there aren't. You look next, and the next person on the list is Marcus Mariota, 
was the backup for the Las Vegas Raiders last year. He'll be 28 years old by the start of the season. Hasn't started a game since 2019. Uh, and let's be honest, Joe, he has played his worst football of his career against the Colts. So bringing him in here to Indianapolis might be a really tough sell. So what you're saying is the Colts know how not to use him. Exactly. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe that's it. I don't think there's a, a realistic answer on here, but if I'm going to pick a favorite, it is Marcus Mariota. Um, just because of his athleticism, he was another guy, second overall pick. He had the talent. I was kind of surprised he didn't get another chance to go start somewhere after Tennessee. Um, I mean, his best season, 26 touchdowns, nine interceptions, 3,400 passing yards, and then he also uh, ran for almost 400 yards that year as well. I get that was way back in 2016, but uh, if, if the Colts are going to sign anybody from this list, I would like it to be Mariota, even if that's just someone to bring in as a viable backup and to compete with a Carson Wentz or something of that nature. If you want to judge all these quarterbacks based on the best season of their careers, Carson Wentz has the best season of his career out of any one of these guys. That's all, that's my point. That, that's the problem. Talking about that. Again, well, that's not exactly what I was doing. But I'm I know, just I know, I know, I know. Got the I know, talent I know. To, yeah. I, know. I, I would almost I second what what Joe says about it. Of this list, Mariota to me, if if, if Colts fans can get past when they saw him play, right? Because if, if we go by that, then you sign Blaine Gabbert. Hey, because yeah. He, he was a pro bowler whenever he <laughs> faced these guys. But who? who Billy Volek. Right. So you the, heard me pause there between uh, Billy and Volek. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, for, 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 for effect and for not using the word that everybody uses. But, th again, the problem is you, I, I, I really, again, I'm, I'm going to harp on this until I'm blue in the face. There's a segment internally who wants anyone but Carson Wentz. And there's a segment that says we can't go with the idea that anybody but Carson Wentz, because th this is a roster that it's it needs help, and we've talked about it. It, it needs a pass rusher, it needs a left tackle, it needs uh, a corner, and it needs a tight end, and on and on. But it needs a quarterback, and and if you don't get a quarterback in here, then what else matters? And you're almost looking to bring in a guy who's going to be the, the least. What's the word? The least uh, damaged property, and Trubisky. I mean, uh, Mitch Trubisky next on the list. Andy Dalton, R Ryan Fitzpatrick. I, I so I, I I would go for Mariota just because I think I think that Frank could 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 make him a game manager with the way this team's built, and and being a game manager is never a compliment. It's seldom a compliment. But uh, that just, again, what we're talking about just goes back to the idea that th this is not the time to be trying to reload a quarterback. When you keep looking at the list of quarterbacks Joe put together, when you get to Colt McCoy on the list, I mean, for the love, <laughs> for the love, and also Tyrod Taylor, and we'll throw in Jacoby Brissett there as well. You're not going to sell Jacoby Brissett again to, to the Colts fan base. Not at all. Or Jacoby to the Colts Exactly, himself. yeah. You're not going to sell Jacoby to come back. You know, that too. So that brings us to quarterbacks potentially available via trade. And we might as well begin with Aaron Rodgers, Joe, because uh, ho hope springs eternal. It's top of the list. Exactly. Number one. It's only um, because AA is first in the, the alphabet if you do it that way. Exactly. And he's due $46 million next year. That's, that's a number four followed by a number six, which is about $18 million more than Carson Wentz uh, is I'm due. I'm telling you, if the Colts could, could come up with a package, the, the package would say, yeah, okay, we'll take that. Jim Mercy will write whatever whatever the check is. Mm -hmm. If it's what did I saw, I think I saw that 
maybe two years, 90 million for Aaron Rodgers. Jim Irsay, his hand wouldn't even twitch. He would write that. But it, with all of these guys, do you have what it takes to get one of these guys? And I just don't think they do. And here's the deal. You had Rodgers and Russell Wilson, and then Kyler Murray, I guess, who's another one. We, we all know the deal with Russell Wilson. Uh, his cap hit next year, $37 million. And then Kyler Murray, the story is now that he's taken a, away any mention of the Cardinals in his social media, blah, blah, blah. Here we are in 2022. That's what uh, constitutes strife between a player and the franchise. He's only due $11 million at the final year of his rookie contract, though there is a fifth-year option available to that contract. So those are kind of the three biggest names. And so he, we'll, he, he may have played as bad as Winston over the last month of the season. Yep. Certainly in the playoffs, he was yep. awful. He was awful. Yep. yep. I, I completely agree with you, Chad. <laughs> I completely agree with you. So, so here we go. When you look at those three guys, what does it take to bring these guys in? Let us look, first of all, at what it took to bring Matthew Stafford to the Rams last year. Matthew Stafford was not the quarterback. He's a Super Bowl winning quarterback now. Fantastic. Last year, we knew he was a very good quarterback at the minimum, but not exactly a perennial all-pro, not exactly a Super Bowl caliber guy that you knew of, definitely a productive quarterback, one that you hope to plug in and then kind of see if he could bring you there. And he did. But Aaron Rodgers... Five steps above that as a quarterback. Russell Wilson, at least two steps above that, you would think, as a quarterback. Let's be fair. Like a Super Bowl winning quarterback, a guy that is only 33 years old, you think has some legs in front of him for the next five or six years. Those two guys would be due more of for a return, at least, than what Matthew Stafford got with the Lions. That was a couple first-round picks and a starting quarterback in return. So, can the Colts trade away three or four first-round picks? Or if you go one or two first-round picks, plus Braden Smith and Darius Leonard, or plus Braden Smith and Bobby Okereke and Julian Quentin Blackman? Nelson. I, I would keep Nelson. my tackle and get rid of my guard. I would get rid of Quentin Nelson. And I've kind of been thinking the more as this offseason goes along, we'll talk about offensive line on a podcast in the upcoming weeks. But I think as far as roster building, the, the situation this team is in right now, the more I think about it, the more I convince myself that it makes sense to trade away Quentin Nelson if you don't even have your quarterback than it does to pay an, a guard all-world money, pay him, what, $25 million a year, close to $30 million a year? and no, you it'll, still It'll be 23 probably. 23 that, that, That's the t- highest-paid uh Left tackle right now is twenty three. All right, so twenty three million a year. Even Quentin's people can't come in with a straight face and say thirty million. Could they? <laughs> I don't think so. They could try. <laughs> but anyway, I, just, just when you're building a roster and you're paying guards twenty three million a year, your center, your right tackle, your linebacker, and you still don't have a position like quarterback figured out. Defensive tackle making a boatload of money. Defensive too. tackles making a lot of money. It's. If you can trade Quentin Nelson and get somebody who you think – I'm just saying a guard does not move the level, the needle that much for your team. Here's the but deal, for a quarterback, though. Like, I, I hate to interrupt you, but if you don't want to pay $23 million for a guard, why do you think someone else will want to pay $23 million for a guard? Why do you think there's value in trading Quentin Nelson in, in that? Like, 
it, it makes doesn't make a lot of sense to me that you could loop well, him I, into this deal and say, oh, take Quentin Nelson for $23 million. If you're saying, well, Quentin Nelson for $23 million isn't the best way to build a franchise. So you're trying to saddle another franchise with that same problem. I think, well, first of all, there are several franchises out there that'll saddle themselves with the problems. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think all the NFL GMs are making the most sense. Second of all, I think... Paying Quentin Nelson would make sense depending on your team's quarterback situation. Let's just use the Packers, for example. They still have a quarterback on a rookie contract right now. If they're really moving on from Aaron Rodgers, I think they can afford to pay more offensive linemen while they're not paying their quarterback. So I just think it depends on who you're paying on your team. But when the Colts are going to be straddled here in a few years by paying their offensive line, their linebackers, their defensive tackles, and they're not going to have the top-end money to pay a quarterback or to pay a wide receiver or other positions of that nature. But but the cap's going to explode, so so you can you can make it work. The the question you're going to have to talk about is is how you prioritize what positions you pay the prime money. And the problem, if not the problem, the issue the Colts have is they've got an all-world guard. He, he he's a guard. I mean, I realize he's brought a toughness and a, and he's helped lift the entire group. I've been on this, Rick Venturi and I have been on this island by ourselves forever about first taking a guard sixth overall. It had never, it, last time it had been like in like 1978 or something. And, and he's been everything they wanted, but he's a guard. He's a guard. And I, and I keep saying that, not, I don't mean to diminish his impact, but when you start, if, if you get any GM, and if you talk to Chris Ballard, even uh, probably before he drafts Quentin Nelson, and you and you list your priorities of, of need of, of importance, guards not top five. It, it can't be. You know, again, you're talking quarterback, left tackle, pass rush. You know, in this defense, the three tech, and and then a Darius Leonard type of guy. And I'm I'm somewhat spoiled by all the years with with Howard Mudd and the Colts in the 2000s. And he had Tariq Glenn at left tackle, and he had for a long time Adam Meadows at right tackle, and Jeff Saturday at center, and then he had guards. He had guards that were, that came and went, and they were good at the time. But they, I don't. I'm trying to think if there was a guard they ever reinvested in. They let Jack take Scott go, who was really really good, and he went to Tennessee and had a good career. They let Rick, uh, uh, who was Steve McKinney, they let him go early on. So. They brought in Ryan Lilja as a waiver guy from Kansas City, and he was a stud for him. So they, they, I just can't remember a guard that they paid. They, 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 they prioritized tackle center, and you, you, then you, I hate to say may do, but then you found guards who fit what you did. So where the Colts find themselves in a difficult situation is they hit the, the mother load with Quentin Nelson. They did at number six. Well, now when he's done with his rookie contract, you got you got to pay for it. And from what I've been told, that's what they're going to do. They planned on it. Now, the only question is, is it going to be $20, $22, 23000000 per year? He's going to he's going to blow the wall, the top off of the uh, the guard market. I'm trying to I, – I don't know who the top one is. The guy from Cleveland. Is it uh, Joel uh, – Batino. Batino, or- whatever. But but they're, they're going to make a push to be the highest paid offensive lineman, which right now is Trent Williams and David Bakhtiari at like twenty three million. So it's it, it's great to hit on guys, and then you got to pay them when you hit on them. Let's 
Go ahead. I'll go. wrap this up. I, say I guess I would just yeah. put this to say any package I'm offering for Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers or anyone like that starts with first-round pick in 2023, first-round pick in 2024, and Quentin Nelson, and then we go from there and just, just see how many more draft picks, how many more veterans you have to throw in to go get that quarterback. Uh, another guy I think I'd throw in if they would take him is uh, Naheem Hines just because – you know, if you're trying to clear cap space for an expensive quarterback, Naheem's costing you five mil a year. I'm not sure how much a running back moves the needle in getting that trade accepted. But those are just the thoughts going through my mind when I'm thinking about how can the Colts possibly land a quarterback. So we talked about Rodgers, Wilson, and to some extent Kyler Murray as well. Uh, and after him, you get a guy like a Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Is that an upgrade? No. I think there are two sides to that discussion, and I would say no. Um, I know Darius. I know Darius Butler is is really high on Jimmy Garoppolo, and I have a ton of respect for Darius Butler. In spite of him going to UConn, you know, we <laughs> we got over that difference in, in our lives. But um, but Jimmy, I mean, he's been to now two NFC championships in what four years? I think it is. He's got the good record too. Win win loss records for quarterbacks can yep. be deceiving, but he's got that. Uh, I I just wonder if he's that guy that he's he, he he's he's that tease mm-hmm. that you think you got something really good and then when it comes time to just having to make a play, I mean it his, doesn't work. His numbers are thirty eight hundred pass yards, twenty touchdowns, and twelve interceptions. That was in fifteen games this year. I mean that's that's fairly comparable to Carson Wentz. And you look at the weapons he had. He had George Kittle, who was injured for a good portion of the year. He had Debo Samuel, and those are better than any two receiving threats that the Colts have right now. And he wasn't able to do loads more. He only had 20 passing touchdowns for crying out loud. So, I mean, you look at just, you kind of just look at this, it's stats wise and doesn't seem like that much of an increase or that much of a uh, upgrade to Carson Wentz to me. And I see you guys shaking your head. No. So I think you're on the same no. page. Uh, but I, mean, I think at best Jimmy Garoppolo is a game manager. I, I like Mike said, he's not the kind of guy to go out and make a play and, make that difference in the ball game. Mm-hmm. And then I threw one in at the last minute here at the you 11th had, hour. Had I had, had to throw to. this one in. I had to because it was a discussion last year, and it would be Nick Foles, <sighs> another former Gross. Frank Reich protege coming in here. Hey, he's Super Bowl champion quarterback, Nick Foles. He can catch passes too, guys. That's true. That's true. Maybe he's the weapon the Colts have needed all along. <laughs> it's quarterback and a wide He's a new Taysom Hill. Exactly. He's both. <laughs> yeah. Why have one when you can get both? Uh, he's due $10.6 million this year in his final year uh, in Chicago, and I think his dead cap's like seven or something. So there's a chance Chicago cuts him and saves $3 million. Who knows? Well, we talked that last year. Exactly. So you look at that, and you're like, oh, maybe not. Um and uh, he won the Super Bowl, like I said, with Frank Reich in Philly. He was 1-0 last year as a starter, just saying, undefeated quarterback in, in 2021, Nick Foles. Uh, but I think he's like 3-5 and five in his two years uh, in Chicago uh, as a starter as he bounced very much in and out of the lineup, more so out than in uh, during his time there with the Bears. So, um, so that's, like, that, that's the list, guys. That is the list. And everybody we talked about flies in the face of what Chris Ballard wants. And Frank Reich. Exactly. They, they want to stop the carousel. And to me, I think you're stuck on it one more year. You, you know, you, you get past the Wentz thing and you move on. Let's say you move on. Whomever you bring in 
is going to be that one-year guy, maybe two-year guy, unless you just happen to hit hit on him or, or you bring in Mariota and, and who knows, his career takes off. But they're in a spot they don't want to be in. You don't want to be reloading a quarterback every year. You just don't. You, it's no Like you said, there's no way you grow. You can't – when you've got your guy, you, you can draft and, and use free agency to kind of supplement what that guy does. Well, every year you, you find a different guy and he's got different strengths and you you know you build your team differently. So, to me, they're 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 stuck with again either running back out there with Wentz or trying to find trying to find that guy to get you <laughs> to get you to whoever the guy is in twenty twenty three. Which who knows what the market's going to be then. It's a it's a situation that if if you don't like Carson Wentz, like. You have to really take a hit. You have to take a hit. You have to really not like him. Yes, you really have to not like him in order to go into next season without him. And do you, like, that? that's the question for Colts fans. Do you really not like him that much? The devil you know do against you, the devil do you, you don't Do you really know. hate him? Like, I, I would go to hate. Do you really hate <laughs> him to go into 2022 without him as your quarterback? Do you hate the guy who threw 17 touchdowns and just four interceptions in the first nine games of this year. Second half of the year was not as good, but it was still 10 touchdowns to four interceptions. Like, it's not like he was, it was you're, 10 you're and 12. You're higher on his second half of the season than I am. I am. But that that's... I am higher on the second half, no doubt. I, I, I can't ignore that. And, and I, I, I point to very specific reasons for that. As I've said on this podcast many times. So I don't, I don't feel a need to get into it again. But, like, this is it, it was a, it would be a reset for your franchise to go with someone else. It, it just would be. It won't be a reset. It'll be a pause because you're not resetting with a, with a with a better option. You're hitting the pause button until you get to the better option. I think a pause is a step backward in the NFL. I, I, so, don't, I don't okay. disagree. Yeah, maybe maybe resets the wrong. Yeah, maybe resets the wrong word. To me, to me, a so reset. They they reset from Philip Rivers to Carson. They they were reset and hoping to go forward. Now, to me, if you don't if you don't bring Wentz back, and I'm probably in in the camp of you don't, and it's a bad camp to be in because I don't like any of my options moving forward. Mm-hmm. It's a pause until you can get it right because I don't. You know, they may be the Colts may be sitting there laughing because they they know what they're going to do, and they they I mean they're going to roll a guy out there in in May or they can't be they can't wait till May before the draft and say this is how we're fixing it, and maybe it's something we just don't see. But the, again, I, to move forward without Carson Wentz will tell us how much they really didn't like Carson Wentz. Well, and it's this is exactly what we talked about last year when the Colts acquired Carson Wentz. We said you might not like Carson Wentz, but what are the other options out there? That's why the Colts felt there like they had to do. There might have been better options last year, and I, I had to go back and visit what they were. Uh, and I'm not talking Matthew Stafford. I, I I think they kicked the tires and thought, nah, we can't. First, we don't believe he's that. What everyone wants, and we're not going to, and we can't afford what it costs. Last year, you could at least argue draft, go, go draft Correct. a guy, and, and maybe there's a guy they really like in this year's draft. Who knows? I mean, we're still several months out. A lot of the draft process has yet to happen. Um, it seems a little early for the Colts to already be like, okay, we love this guy in the draft, so we're going to do this with Wentz, and then just go all out to get this player. Um, but. It, it, it would be interesting. I don't think the Colts would just say, let's just tank for a year with Ellinger, get a good draft pick, and hit someone in the draft next year. 
I don't think the Colts would do that because we've seen good teams just pack, package together picks to go get quarterbacks. That's what Kansas City did with uh, Mahomes. Uh, if you really want a quarterback, even at the top of the draft, you can usually go up and get them so long as the team with it that It would pick. be hard to move up from 47. Mm-hmm. To from get, 47, yeah. To, to get to – get as I say, everything conspire, has it's conspired against them to do that. It would have to be for the 2023 draft where you go up and get somebody. Um, so you could just keep Wentz for a year. Uh, it's, it's, but, if you, but if you keep Wentz for a year, maybe you're 9 and 8 again. And then you're drafting. I don't know where that draft pick would have been. Twenty. I think they were like 16. sixteen or seventeen. Okay. Like so, you're in the middle. You're you're in the the fledgling middle. So in, in the NFL and the draft doesn't reward nine and eight. It rewards two and fifteen. Yep. It rewards Jacksonville for for being so. Well, it tries to reward Jacksonville. <laughs> hey, it's like the league says, man, we can only do so much. Then it's on you. Mm-hmm. It led the horse to the water, but <laughs> and the horse said, nah. So so. As we talk through it, is it a more likely scenario that maybe they just go forward with the Ellinger or sign a Mariota or someone like that? I mean, and they cut bait with Wentz. Is he? I mean, I didn't hear any reports that he was a locker room cancer or anything like that. All the teammates said good things about him. Um, if if let's just get to the bottom line. What do you say? What happens in in mid March? Pregnant pause. Yeah, this is like, radio. This is, you, you, it you, is dead air. Sorry. Yeah, I know. My bad, guys. I, I'm I'm a TV guy sitting behind a microphone here. No, um, I I think I think that Frank Frank Reich wants him back. I think that Chris Ballard would have to have his arm twisted to move on. So I I'm going to go with those two guys right now and say Carson Wentz is back next year. But that is not with that's not with certainty. Like if it was me, obviously I'd want him back. Every, like I said, everybody everybody listening to this podcast knows how I feel about Carson Wentz. Um, but it's not me who's who's making the decision. So it I I don't know and what exactly is going to go down because the most powerful guy I haven't talked about uh, in in that building and I don't know exactly what what he believes. I just this know what the other two guy believes. Yeah, it's not it's not a democracy. So the guy, the guy who writes all the checks gets to ultimately make the decisions. Even if he makes other people in charge of those decisions for a time, you can swoop in at any time and, and do something if, if you want to. But I, like I said, Frank Reich, there's a 0% chance that Frank Reich wants to move on from Carson Wentz. Zero. And I think there's probably only about 15 or 20% of Chris Ballard that would that would want to move because on. He, because he knows what moving on means. Exactly. Like we're saying, it's hitting the pause. And like I just said, hitting the pause is taking a step back in the NFL. It, 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 I, it just is. So so I, I would say, so I, I say with a heavy heart, I don't know. I would hope to see him back next year, that those two guys get what they would ultimately want. That's, that's my Joe, thought. what do you think? Based on just the feeling around it, I, I, I think he's gone in one way or another, whether it's a trade or he's released. I mean, ideally for the Colts, they could trade him and get more of his money off of the books. I don't think they're going to get a whole lot in return for him, but just not having to pay his full $15 million would be a win in itself, even if they only get like a six-round pick in return. Um, but using my brain going through these scenarios, I mean, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, highly unlikely – the Colts are able to land either of those two guys. So when I when this plays out, it looks like the most likely and best scenario for the Colts is they keep Wentz for one more year, and if it doesn't work again, 
then you go draft somebody. You'll you'll have a first round pick next year. You can cut Carson Wentz for nothing, and then all of a sudden you can afford to pay a Quentin Nelson because you draft a quarterback on a rookie contract for the next five years. Um, so, but based on everything I'm feeling and hearing from the reports out about this, I think Carson Wentz is cut or re- traded. I agree. I, I I think if if the decision had been made the day after the Jacksonville game. We wouldn't be having this discussion. Mm-hmm. We, we, we wouldn't. He would be gone. But that's why you don't make decisions in the heat of the moment or, or emotion. You you can't. If you do that, then then you're not running things the right way. It, it, you, 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 I don't say grieve, but you throw things. And maybe Jim Murray say maybe he broke one of his guitars. I don't know. I don't think <laughs> I don't think he was that mad. But I, I do think you you. I think he's a good enough owner where he sits back and and he lets the anger. What was it? The Chris? Venom. Was it Chris Bowles and poison? He said the point poison get out. The poison isn't out yet, or venom, or whatever yeah. it was. So I, I think you do let that settle down. I still think that he's inclined to move on, but I, I totally agree with you that I think Frank Reich says no. You know, we could we can get better with for all the talk things we talked about off season training camp, blah blah blah, and hopefully get the team better around him. Uh, Chris Ballard, I think, as we talked about before, I think when they went to Phillip Rivers, most parties were all in. They thought that was a good move. I don't think they had to do a hard sell on Chris Ballard or Jim Irsay at all. This one was different. This was different. Frank was totally in with, with Carson Wentz, and I think Chris Ballard had to be convinced a little bit more. I think the owner had to be convinced even more. I just I just think that in, it goes against everything that they want to do. I mean, Jim Mercy is talking about having the chips all in. Hey, it's it's easy to go all in if you're Tampa and you have Tom Brady. It's easy to go all in if you're the Rams and you've got Matthew Stafford. How do you go all in if you don't have a quarterback? It makes no sense. But put Cooper Cup on this team with Carson Wentz, how much better? I don't know. But my gut says that, and it's against everything that building a franchise, I think they move on. And they'll worry about who their quarterback is in at the end of March, which makes no sense in building a franchise. Here's something to make Colts fans feel good as we wrap things up. Uh, Cooper Cup drafted in the third round uh, back in uh, what was it, 2018 or 20, 2017? It was 2017. Uh, the Colts in the second round that year drafted Quincy Wilson. And uh, still in the league, isn't he? Uh, is Quincy still in the league? I'll look it up. I'm not... Check check it out. And then later in the third round, they drafted Terrell Basham. So. Those are the two Colts picks right around uh, well, Cooper Cup. A, you're such a hater. I am. If, if we want to continue this, they picked Malik Hooker over T.J. Watt. I know. Like, the Hooker <laughs> thing, I'm not quite so negative about, no, just I, because everybody thought he was going in the top 10, and then he fell down to, like, 14 or 15. So, like, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not quite so. You know, you can probably do that with every team. I know you can. I know you Like, completely. It, it, completely. It hurts so but, yeah, much. I, I'm you, just sticking the knife in. I know I am. Just you could have had... McLaren instead of Paris Campbell. Yep. So, yep. you know. Yep. DK we can also yeah. go through and, to be fair, name the hits that Chris Ballard He's had. He's had plenty, plenty of hits. This was too, a, so. this, like, yeah, yeah, yes, so, you are uh, correct. Quincy Wilson is on the Miami Dolphins. There you go. Oh, Still in the league. Okay. So, Good stop deal. it. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. Ne- negative Nancy over here. And uh, the, the worst news at quarterback for Colts fans is that uh, Arch Manning isn't going to be eligible until 2027 in the NFL draft. So that's you know, a, a couple if, years if, away. And if Chris Ballard tries to tank so much that they wait for for that long, 
He won't be here. Say, yeah, he's not going to be here, and Frank's not going to be here. Uh, Jim Ursay will still be here, but, uh, but yeah, certainly not those two gentlemen. So, um, for Colts news and notes throughout the week, you can follow us on Twitter at Colts Blue Zone. Um, Joe are Hopkins. We, are we done already? All right, I think I mean, we are. Are we, are we done? Are we we're done? at fifty-nine we're minutes. Whenever, yeah, that's right start, whenever we start doing that, I figure we're done. Yeah, we just we kind of we kind of make it there. Um, yeah, Mike Chapel's at M Chapel fifty-one. You can follow all his work online at Fox fifty. Uh, well, at fox59.com. You got messed up. I now. did. I'm screwing <laughs> up. Yeah, too much discussion. Colts uh, at cbs4indy.com as well. And like I said, at Colts Blue Zone. I'm da- Dave Griffiths. So you can follow me at Dave G underscore sports. Joe, what are we talking about uh, next week? Do we have the uh, the schedule here? Positional breakdown? Yeah, with... next week looks like we're going to be talking about offensive line. All right. That right. is if no uh, quarterback news happens. Right. So, or if they don't trade Quentin Nelson. Right. That's All that true. Too. That's true. So lots of things could uh, so change our plan. Get deeper into my Quentin Nelson discussion. Yeah, between now and then. Of course, uh, after that, the NFL Combine will be, uh, will be the following week. So Joe's getting amped up. Joe, Joe I tell you, Joe's... I bet, he, I bet he stays up late at night. Ready just, to go. Just getting ready for it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm, I'm at Lucas Oil getting set up now, guys. I know <laughs> what you're doing. He's got our booth all ready to go. <laughs> That's right. For a we, live we get, uh, podcast. we get Chris Ballard and Frank Reich on March 1st. That'll be fun. At the Combine, so that'll be interesting. Yep. We will, in two weeks, I'm sure, have plenty of what they had to say. And uh, who knows, maybe we'll even do a special Colts Blue Zone podcast where we uh, put, cut together some some longer pieces about what they uh, say specifically about quarterback and and quarterback and uh, also a quarterback. So uh, all these things to talk about. So uh, And we will get to them on future editions of the Colts Blue Zone podcast. We do appreciate listening. Do subscribe. Get us delivered to your podcast listening device as soon as we drop. And we'll see you next time. 